Hi, and welcome to the first podcast of Raw Nomadic Lens. Ooh, taking the plunge. Let's get right into it. So, who am I? I am Sherry Michelle, and I'm 50 years old. I live in Chicago, and I have been on a raw food journey for mm, a little over 20 years technically speaking. Uh, I got my first raw book in 2000, Giuliano's raw book, which um, at the time I just thought was one really disciplined guy. I had no idea. It was a lifestyle until about 2006. And I discovered um, Alyssa Cohen, her cookbook and some videos at about the same time that I discovered raw family, the Patinkos. So I started going raw and then going off and then going raw and then going off. And that's what I've been doing (laughs) all this time, experimenting, um, using myself as a guinea pig and also doing some fasting. I've tried juice fasting and I've done some water fasting and basically I'm just obsessed with self-healing. This all started in 2005, really. I mean... I was interested in it, in in raw food, when I saw the first book, but um, in 2005, I went to hypnotherapy school in Puerto Madera, California, and we kind of, it was a total immersion, eat, sleep, and breathe hypnosis, and uh, it was all very interesting. It's, it's endlessly fascinating work, but a little too draining for me. Uh, with the exception of hypnotic dream work and the day that I saw that I was just like whoa what is that and really it's just um, communicating with your subconscious to get to the root of you know the issues in your life and that was a big self-healing tool um, for me to learn and actually that evening um, when I went back to my hotel room I had a a dream, but I didn't really realize that I was woken by a phone call from my then husband. And um, while I was talking to him, I said, I just got a flash of this really awful image. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I had a really bad dream. I'm going to call you back. And I sat there and thought about it. And I really just only had that one image, but I knew it was, it, it just made me sick. And um, I thought, I, I wonder if I can do dream work on myself. And so I decided to record it. I'd had a tape recorder with me for note taking in class. And I thought, well, if anything goes wrong, at least there'll be a record of it. Now I know much better and nothing was going to go wrong. It's perfectly safe. Um, My teacher the next day didn't think that it necessarily was, but I have always felt that it was very safe. Um, I've never had a problem with it. So just going from that one image, I was able to recall then the entire dream. And I'll do another podcast about dream work. But basically, it was a dream about self-healing. It was just like kind of an awakening. Um, My dad had died in 1998 of lung cancer. And we were super close, best friends. And um, I had walked around with this idea, I guess, not even realizing it, subconscious, you know, just this idea in 
not when I, if I get cancer, but when I get cancer, because it seemed like after he died, like everybody around me had some kind of cancer. It just, of course that's exaggerating, not everyone, but you know what I'm talking about. Like we know more and more and more people as time goes on and you know, it's the environment, it's our food. It's just, there's so much more cancer than there ever used to be. And so I, I just was walking around with this, well, when I get cancer, not consciously, but still it's a terribly powerful belief to be carrying around with you every day. Um, and I think a lot of people out there are doing the same. So in the dream, um, I realized I had a choice that getting cancer wasn't like being struck by lightning, that I could do something about it. And that was the spark. That was what started um, my interest in it. And I'd been dieting since I was a little kid. Unfortunately, I, um, my mother um, struggled with mental illness and um, she had me on a diet when I was in the first grade. Um, and just it just never stopped. Um, I, I was a totally normal looking kid. Um, when I look back at pictures, it's obvious that I didn't have a problem until I was older. And, and by that time I'd been so programmed, um, with false information, um, and, and body shaming that it just, um, you know, that's the path that I was on, but I really believe everything happens for a reason because eventually that led me to self-healing and raw food. And I just, um, I want as many people as possible to know that nine times out of 10, you can heal yourself. That is absolutely true. If not more than nine times out of 10, um, the things that I have read and listened to and studied over the last 20 plus years, um, in regards to self healing, um, they've just been so empowering and I just want to spread that as much as possible. And I just want people to know that they can do it. Um, it's not been easy for me. It's not an easy path, but it's very satisfying and very empowering. And it just makes sense. When you peel back everything and just think about what we had in the beginning, what did we eat before we had fire? We ate plants. I mean, we ate the sun, you know, photosynthesis. Uh, I'm in a forest right now. Um, that's not too far from an expressway, unfortunately, but it's one of my favorite walking trails. And I mean, you just look around you. We ate plants. That's what we were designed to eat. So if we go back to that, just back to the basics, this isn't something new. You know, that saying something new is something old, long forgotten. Eating plants is so, you know, what we're born to do. Um, plants, oxygen, sunshine, this is, uh, this is our fuel. And when you get back to that, your taste change. I have struggled unbelievably with junk food, junk food addiction, time and time and time again. And there's just no better cure for it than nature and plants. 
right now I'm feeling super strong and empowered. Uh, I have a friend who I met online at like a, a raw food, I'll say organization. <laughs> and um, we went there and had some great successes, but then we would leave and we would go back. And we both did this over like eight or 10 years time. And we remained friends all this time. And um, this past spring, um, she told me that she had thyroid cancer. And it had reached a point where she she really needed help. And I could see that. And I just had to be pushy about it. I know it's not easy for her to ask for help. It's not easy for me to ask for help. It's not easy for a lot of us, especially women. But there comes a time when you realize um, things are sliding out of control. I do need help with some things, especially with something like thyroid cancer, where you are dealing with tremendously diminished energy and you're a single mom um, so I had gone up to see her before in Quebec and she had been to see me several times in the states in Iowa and in Chicago and it was my turn anyway to go back up there so I went up for two weeks and I made all of her meals and they were all raw vegan and we ate high fat you know in the beginning that's what you do. I mean, it's been so much trial and error. There has been an enormous learning curve for me personally. It doesn't have to be that way, but we just have so much more information and better quality information now um, than we did when I started. Um, yet for us, both of us, uh, we wanted to duplicate our favorite foods in the beginning to make that transition. And that's what we did, and it went really well. Um, the TSH number, that's uh, thyroid, uh, TSH, yeah, thyroid stimulating hormone. I don't know a lot about this, but um, I know that it's supposed to be between 0.4 and 5, 5.0 for uh, like the normal range. And obviously, you're not going to be in that normal range if you have thyroid cancer. Um, she was at a 15 and in two weeks time, we were able to take that down to a two that was, you know, evident through blood work that she had drawn before and after my stay. That's incredible. Like she's in the normal range with thyroid cancer. She did that together. We did that, but she ate the food <laughs> and then, um, I went back to Chicago Felt like she, you know, she had just enough energy to be making her own meals again. She did have some help with friends, from friends uh, with making her daughter's uh, meals because her daughter eats cooked food, and um, but healthy food um, for you know cooked. She's not eating junk. Um, she has ADHD, and by the way, so do I. And um, she tries to keep her, uh, you know, on as much fresh food as she can. So she needed uh, enough energy to be able to, you know, get laundry done and dishes and prepare her own meals. And uh, so she was up and and going with that. And she also had a knee injury. She'd fallen on the ice during the winter and she had something going on in her ovaries. Um, she'd had her period for five or six months at that time. And I had been through that. I'd had fibroids. 
and I had water fasted um, to get rid of my fibroids and been successful. Um, I'm a huge fan of um, Alan Goldhammer's work at True North in Santa Rosa, California. And uh, I really believe in water fasting. If you have a chronic situation, um, it's, it's my go-to. That's the fastest way to heal anything, pretty much. Uh, I mean, I suppose there are, there are a few exceptions. I'm not a doctor, obviously. But this is, again, something new is something old, long forgotten. You couldn't even study with Pythagoras unless you had water fasted for 40 days. If you wanted to be in a uh, teaching position, higher learning in ancient Greece, you had to water fast for 40 days. It was standard. It's something that animals know to do naturally. When they're sick, they don't eat. They drink water. That's it. Sometimes they don't even drink water. They're letting their bodies focus on healing. You're freeing up all of that energy that's consumed digesting food and focusing it solely on healing, which is what your body wants to do anyway. It's, it's a self-healing machine. And last night I explained it to, um, to someone by saying, you know, okay, imagine you have to clean your house. And I ask you to hold this and hold this. And can you hold this? Can you balance this on your head and hang on to this too? And now scrub your floor. I mean, how long is it going to take you to scrub your floor? And how good a job are you going to do if you have to carry all that crap and expend all that energy carrying all that crap while you're cleaning? That's not, that's not how we want to do it, you know? And that's not how your body wants to do it. Your body wants to be freed up to focus on cleaning and repairing and healing and if you get out of your own way and just give it distilled water and rest it'll do that and if that is too intense then you give it raw food because it taxes your body the least it's the easiest to digest depending on well let's just leave it at that for now So back to my story with my friend, I come back to Chicago for a few weeks. I'm uh, finishing up some classes um, that I should have finished up a long time ago, but um, I believe again, everything happens for a reason. And so I was tackling it when I was tackling it. Um, And um, really uh, a tough statistics class um, and uh, a class, an independent study where I was finishing another uh, novel, but my first sequel to my first novel. I have never written a sequel before. So I got back together with an old professor uh, from 2007 who had um, kind of overseen me write my first novel, The Rough Draft. So I was like, hey, I'm going to write the sequel. Do you want to do this again? He was like, yeah, sure. So I had one fun class and one really bane of my existence class. I don't enjoy math. And it was my third math class in a year. I'd saved all my math and science for the end because I didn't want to ruin my GPA. (laughs) I don't recommend that approach. But uh, I ate the frog. I I did all of that uh, math and science and I'm done. So uh, just an associate's degree, you know, Um, I've had a a lot of great adventures and uh, I just I, I like school but I feel like I'm done because self-healing is so 
much more important to me than anything that is on a a created path. I think it was Whitman said, no, George Bernard Shaw, do not go where the path may lead. Do not follow the path, do not go where the path may lead, but mm, make a path and leave a trail, something like that. You know what I'm talking about. I just need to make my own path. I need to um, just keep doing what is making me so happy. Um, and that is going further and further down the path of self-healing and, and just letting other people know, like, you can do this. If I can do it, you can definitely do it because I was the junkiest junk food addict there ever was. And it's been very recent. And if you're looking for guidance from someone who's fit and got it all figured out, just, just, just shut this off because that's not me. That's not that's not me. I There's always more to learn. Every day I'm learning something new. And, and I've struggled with my weight for a, a long time. And uh, the pandemic was, you know, full of challenges um, with food. And I just thought recently it'd be nice if we had someone who is in process. I am in the process of rebuilding optimum health. Um, Five years ago, no, six years ago, in 2015, I ran my third mini triathlon. And uh, that was the best shape it had been in for a long time. And I'd been raw for most of that year. And um, someone called me an athlete at work one day. And I just thought it was the greatest thing I've ever been called ever it just I was absolutely over the moon elated and I want to get back to that so and I am getting back to that so and uh I mentioned that I was one of my classes was writing I'm also a novelist so this is my fifth book and uh it's funny last night um someone was asking me about pain they were having that the doctors couldn't decide if it was Lyme disease or if it was fibromyalgia. And I said, just address the inflammation and this is how you'll do it. And pretty much what I've, I've said so far. And, um, you know, and then you'll learn that you can turn it off and on and you'll find um, the balance that's right for you and, and decide whether you want to just really take this into remission, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, I just um, realized that then someone else had asked me, I was at a party, my nephew's graduation party, someone else had asked me, what, what, have, what have you been up to? What are you doing now? And I told them about this self-healing, you know, adventure that I had been on with my friend going up to Quebec and helping her. And I never mentioned my new book. I didn't even care. Like, it didn't even come to mind. Like, oh, and I'm writing another book. Like, it's just, I'm more proud of the work that my friend and I are doing together, healing myself as I help her heal herself, um, than I am of anything I think I've ever done. And and I've done a lot of things. Um, I'm a Second City graduate. I've had a number of businesses. I've traveled I've I've had so many great adventures I have so much to be grateful for and I am every day 
So back to my story with my friend. I come back to Chicago, doing school, hard, hard stuff, and uh, I'm just pretty stressed, but I'm staying raw, and I'm in a really good place with it, and I've got a great routine down. I'm doing 80-10-10, huge fan of Doug Graham's book, especially on audiobook. I've listened to it probably five, six times. It's what works for me. Um, so just doing that, having smoothies in the morning, more fruit in the afternoon, and then having my fat with greens at night, um, you know, uh, cashew salad dressing or tahini salad dressing and doing 80, 10, 10, no problem to the point where like, it just becomes second nature. And I love the food and my tastes have changed because they will, if you are doubting whether you can do this and you are in over your head, drowning in a tort affair with little Debbie and, you know, uh, Frito-Lay, don't worry. Your tastes are going to change. You just have to step onto this path. Just take that first step out of hell and and just put one foot in front of the other. Every great journey begins with a single step. So I was doing well with that. And um, my niece and my nephew were having a tough time back in Iowa. That's where I grew up. And um, we lost my sister um, just before COVID uh, began, February of 2020. And it was very unexpected and my niece and nephew are young you know late teens early 20s and and to not have the support they needed and deserved to grieve the most important person in their life was just devastating to them it it would be for anyone and um my niece came to stay with me for two weeks and I just wanted her life to be good for just like, I wanted her to have all the support I could possibly give her. And we have had so many slumber parties over the year, by the way, there's nothing on this planet. I love more than being an aunt. It even ranks higher than raw food, like, and self healing. Like I, I love being an aunt to my core. So, and I don't have kids like being an aunt and being a dog mom, just, they rock my world. So, we did what we had always done. We did slumber party food. I, you know, any place that she wanted to go, any restaurant. So we did Portillo's cake shakes and we did burgers and pizza, deep dish, of course, you know, um, just, ugh. she'd never tried Indian food. She wanted to try that. And I, it was, that was the first thing I just went down into the pit and, uh, by the time she left, um, we'd had a really great visit. And I know that it could have been better had we been eating healthy. But old habits die hard. And I just wanted to give her all the comfort I could. And she is a foodie too. So um, it is what it is. It's part of the journey. You're going to have those times. And... Uh, So I was struggling through my studies after I took her home and came back to Chicago and my friend in Quebec said, do you want to come up again? And I didn't even hesitate. Of course, absolutely. So it was almost like the first trip we've, we've agreed the first trip was for her and the second trip was for me. And we just helped each other through it, you know, 
um, got back on track. She had really stayed on it pretty well um, while I had been gone for two or three that two or three weeks in between, and um, did the same way again. Started out with high fat raw, like our raw pizzas and creamy raw soups, and oh god, I love tomato basil soup. Um, and then by the end of it, we were kind of over that. And we also talked through so many things. Um, but yeah, by the end of that visit, we both were really craving more salads and more smoothies. And we just wanted to simplify it. And I was back to 80-10-10 at the end of that trip. Um, we, we packed this like kit. It's like a road trip survival kit for raw vegan sweet potato chips and raw cookies um oh she makes the most amazing raw cookies um and creamy dip with uh veggies and you know just so that every time you have to stop at you know (laughs) a danger zone (laughs) aka a rest stop or gas station you are not tempted by anything because nothing in there is as good as what you have in the car so yeah that's the roadside uh, road trip survival kit so I got back to Chicago though and I just wanted to after you eat that heavy stuff you just want a clean salad you want fruit and it was so easy to go into 80 10 10 the next day and I've been on it since then it's been three weeks um so yeah, I know. If you're listening, you're like, three weeks? God, I'm turning this off. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay if I have one listener. It's fine. Um, you and I will help each other heal. Because I found it's interesting. Um, I've been a member of OA, um, but, you know, I have friends in AA, and and one of the tents of AA is uh, helping others. And that it's so much easier to help yourself when you're helping others. And there's some serious beauty in that. And I just feel like um, maybe that's what I was supposed to do all along. Maybe that was the flaw in, in what I was doing was that I was just trying to do it secretly and quietly, which I'm, I've been called a lot of things, but quiet's not one of them. Um, because when I get excited about things, obviously I want to share them with everyone. <laughs> But um, I wanted to, you know, I think, you know, I've always felt so judged because my weight's been so up and down. And so you try to just do your thing and not draw attention to it. But rabbing is something people are going to notice. So then you talk about it and try to explain and not sound like a total nut job. And <laughs> But... Um, yeah, that might have been the flaw. Maybe I was supposed to be, you know, more open about it. And, uh, I mean, if you ask my family, they're trained. Are you raw today? Because we want to go to a restaurant. Are you raw? Are you raw today? Oh, are you raw today? Because we want to go, like, for pizza. You know, like, <laughs> that's how much I've been off and on it. But, again, I've had a lot of success with it, too. And I always go back to it because nothing feels better. If you want to meet the best version of yourself, this is the path. And once you've met that best version of yourself and you're like, oh my God, I didn't know this 
was me. This is the me I was always meant to be, clearly. You know, you're thinking clearly and you're happy, you're not depressed, you're not anxious, you are so in tune with nature and animals and people. You love people so much more. Once you've met that version of yourself, you want to spend more and more time with them and eventually just be with them all the time. (laughs) You just want to present that version of yourself all the time um, and have it have a ripple effect. You know, it's, um, it's just the best way to meet your best self. I really, really feel that. And again, your tastes change. And when you are struggling the most, if you push through that, that's when you level up. I was never big into video games, um, but I did like Joust. And so I kind of picture that where it gets really, really hard at the end of a level. And if you push through that, you get to level up. It's a really basic, overused concept these days, but uh, it's so true with raw. When you're having your worst cravings, it's because they're exiting your system. And if you can push through that, you come to a whole new level of clarity and peace. I mean, life's not going to be all rainbows and lollipops, but I mean, every challenge is an opportunity for growth and we want to grow. Like we want to evolve. And it's sad to me that some people will leave this life, like not having evolved very much, um, when there's just so much opportunity to do so. So that's why I'm doing this. I want everyone to seize that opportunity. I'm a huge fan of of Carpe Diem. Just seize the day, seize this opportunity to heal yourself. Um, You're not who you think you are. I know that's like how bold of me to say that. I don't know you, but I didn't know the real me. And now I do. And I like her. I like her a lot. And when I see video of myself, um, like, okay, in 2015, um, I took some video of around the time when I ran that, that third mini triathlon and, um, I had lost like 87 pounds and doing raw vegan and walking five miles a day, two hours a day, and then running actually like got into running and loved it for the first time in my life. I never thought I would love running. Um, but it felt good. Like my body wanted to do it. I would get the urge to run in the weirdest freaking places, like the target parking lot. (laughs) I just would, God, I want to run. And I would, I'd run up to the door. Um, you know, as you get close to 50, you don't give a rat's ass what people think anymore. And, uh, you know, that I've discovered like, that's the real me. And this, when I look back at those videos, I look so different. I sound so different. Your vibration goes so high when you're eating this way. And just like your, I don't know, your body's so unencumbered and healing at such a fast rate that you're vibrating higher, you're drawing people to you that are vibrating higher, Um, people who are not vibrating very high, who are 
depressed like you were. Um, it's not comfortable for them to be around you because you're vibrating so high. And so your friends change, your friendships change, your relationships change. But that's part of evolution and, and it's okay. It's, it's good. It's natural. It's everyone is on their own path, going at their own pace. And my brother said last night, um, you know, it's not for everybody. I said, no, it's not. I don't expect everybody to do it. I just want more than anything for everyone to know that nine times out of 10, they have the option to heal themselves. They can take the power back. They can get back in the driver's seat and they can do it themselves. And their doctor may not support them in this because Western doctors are not trained to treat, to get to the root of the problem. They're trained to treat the symptoms. When you water fast um, or you do raw vegan, you are getting to the root of the problem. Many problems. And some of them are just going to be solved without you even realizing it until it's already happened. So I just want everyone to know they have the option. You have a choice um, that probably wasn't mentioned to you at your doctor's office. And I'm not anti-medicine. I've been called that by an acquaintance. Um, he said I was anti-medicine. I said, I'm not anti-medicine. Who's anti-medicine? Like, I'm pro-self-healing. You know, I... <laughs> If I'm in a car accident, <laughs> raw food is not going to be the thing that uh, puts me back together again, you know? Or Western medicine is phenomenal when it comes to trauma and uh, rehabilitation. But um, we just need to take responsibility for what we can. I think that... Um, it's so much easier to blame a broken healthcare system than it is to take responsibility for our own health. And there's so much information out there, you know, misinformation, tons and tons and tons of it. But there's also a lot of phenomenal information out there. So you just have to be diligent and sift through it and listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. That's, that's why they call it gut instincts. It's, you know, most of our serotonin is made in our gut. And, you know, that's another podcast, but trust me, we have the power. And I was really inspired to do this type of podcast by Bobby Burns. I'm not going to do a lot of editing. I'm just going to sit in nature and talk. I am not going to do a bunch of self-promoting. That is the type of podcast I like the least. We just want to jump right in and talk about what feels important today and what I'm passionate about today. And I'm not going through a phase. <laughs> it's 21 years. Uh, it's, it's not going anywhere. It's just getting stronger and stronger, this passion within me, this, this fire to, to just let people know they have a choice. 
they can heal themselves if they want to. You can find the answers, the information's out there. That's the purpose of this podcast. And why raw nomadic lens? When you are raw, as I mentioned earlier, um, you see things differently. You start to have incredible clarity, stronger intuition. Again, you're, you're much more in tune with nature, uh, with people. There's some magic that happens with raw. Not a lot of people talk about this, actually. Uh, I've listened to, uh, oh God, probably over 100 interviews uh, with different raw foodists. It's probably a conservative estimate. Come on, over 20 years. For example, one time I did this thing, I call it the love experiment, where I was a chauffeur for 11 years. So I was out in traffic and just driving all over Chicago and Indiana and Wisconsin, Michigan, Iowa um, for 11 years. And not a healthy job, by the way. I don't recommend it. I did a lot of writing on the job, but uh, very, very, very sedentary. And I'm still paying for that. Uh, You know, my hips uh, have a lot of, uh, you know, just when I, especially, of course, when I eat junk, uh, a lot of inflammation in my hips. But anyway, the love experiment. I just decided to see what would happen if I thought I love you to everyone I saw you know as many people if there was a crowd you know obviously I couldn't reach everyone but just to send that thought to everyone I came in contact with that day just I love you I love you I love you and at the end of the day I was driving home I was on the Kennedy and there was a license plate in front of me that said love you too I have a picture of it somewhere. Probably a big Bono fan or something, you know, but love you too after a whole day of saying I love you in my mind to everyone I came in contact with, people I saw in other cars, dogs, (laughs) you name it. That was pretty magical. And um, I love to play around with stuff like that. Um, There is so much more going on that we cannot see much more than what we can. Um, I think there are things that we as humans don't even have the capacity to understand. Um, Mystical things, nature, there, yeah, I think there are things happening that we cannot see that uh, would completely blow our minds and we just don't have the capacity to to understand them on this plane and that's another whole podcast so right now I have a list of about 40 that I'd like to do and of course as time goes on I'm sure that will quadruple easily Um, knock on wood sitting on a log right now Um, I hope that this reaches one person today that's my goal with this (laughs) that it reaches someone and a light goes on and they think I think I can do this I think I want to try this 
you won't regret it. I can tell you that right now. You will not regret it. You'll be one step closer towards meeting the best version of you. And I guarantee you, they're freaking awesome. So, yeah, this type of podcast was inspired by Bobby Burns, who does Raw Food City. I listened to him, all of his episodes on the way back from my last trip to Quebec. And I listened to the Raw Fruit podcast as well, um, which I'm still going through all of those episodes. Man, if you want a killer podcast to launch you in the right direction with raw veganism and not off on some, oh, I don't want to say a wild goose chase. It's all part of the path. Um, But if I could shorten the learning curve for you, just go to raw fruit uh, podcast Uh, because those interviews are with some of the most evolved and enlightened people on this path and um, so many years of experience and not a just not the I don't know they're gonna head you in the right direction that's all I can say Uh, and they'll cut out a lot of the mistakes that I made along the way and really mistakes that's a harsh word because like I say you know, every challenge is an opportunity for growth. And I've learned so much from my mistakes. So, not too far from O'Hare here. So, got a plane going overhead. I just want you to know without a doubt that you can do this. And, and it's going to get easier each day you go. I know it seems if you are in the pit of junk food, depression, and anxiety. Um, I know it well. I've been there many times. If you've been in there a while, it's raining, and the sides of the pit are just slippery mud, and it seems like there's no way out. Totally get it. Totally remember. You can do it. You can do it. It's, It's going to come together. And you just have to do it one choice at a time. That's it. You know? Don't overthink it. I think that is one of the biggest (laughs) stumbling blocks with this journey is we tend to overthink it and overcomplicate it. And really, it's not. Like, how can I make this better and stronger? You know, it's not the $6 million man. It's peeling back all of that and going back to basics. What did we eat before fire? You know? We have so much more than than they did. But think about a forager, you know? Look at all the fruit that we have access to. We're living in a great time, you know? I mean, yes, there are dark sides to technology and and all of that is out there but there is also the beauty of being able to go buy a, a young Thai coconut you know there's a store a mile from here I could get fresh mangoes you know I can get bok choy and it, 
gosh, we have so many choices. It's really incredible. Just stick to the perimeter of the grocery store. You know, stay out of that middle section, that cube in the middle that's full of all the processed crap. I know it tastes good. I freaking loved it. And you may be thinking, I can't give up cheese. Uh, you know, I've had people say that to me. Oh, I could never give up cheese. And I think about this woman, um, Ruth Heydrich is my hero. Look her up. She's still running triathlons. She's done, I don't know, six or seven Ironman. Um, she's 86, I believe now. And just going strong. Been cancer free for over 40 years. She uh, said she was talking with a woman who said, Oh, I could never give up cheese. And, you know, she said she didn't. She died. And um, it's just uh, look at your priorities and know that the deck is stacked. That's not our mother. It's not our food. It's not our milk. <laughs> it's, it, I'm just going to say a brief thing on, on dairy here. And that's, you know, it's, it's not designed for us. It's designed for baby cows. I mean, this stuff has been said a million times over. Go to notmilk.com uh, and you will have your mind blown. It's really an education, that website. And um, yeah, m milk is designed to grow a calf into, you know, a thousand pound animal in a very short amount of time. I, I'm a farm kid. These are the facts. I grew up on meat. I grew up being told, you can name it, but we're going to eat it. Um, you know, my dad was a hunter. You know, he would hang, we had a big oak tree in the center of our circle driveway. Our farm was up on a hill and we lived about a mile from the road, long lane and a big pasture for the horses and nine buildings, I think, 13 room farmhouse. Um, it was a 200 year old farm, but my dad worked at John Deere and um, he commuted and he ran that farm by himself. We didn't, we leased out the land, but we uh, had a lot of animals. I don't know how he did all that. Um, when we were just kids, we weren't a huge help. <laughs> But um, anyway, I don't remember where I was going with that. There's so many beautiful birds flying around me right now. Again, I have ADHD, but I do find the best way to manage that is uh, through raw food. Um, oh, eating meat. Yeah, I grew up with... Go ahead and name it, but we're going to eat that. You can play with them all day, you know, all day, every day, if you want. Well, we're going to eat them. Just remember that, okay? And uh, that's just the way it was. On a farm, you grew up with a lot of sex and death. <laughs> you get to see all kinds of things. It's quite an education. And I wouldn't change it for anything. It was great growing up on a farm. And I loved cities. And I, I couldn't wait to get out of there, you know. We did move to a smaller acreage um, when I was a teenager because that farm was kind of killing my dad. And not kind of, it was. He was just doing too much all by himself. And uh, I I remember, um, God, we had so many laughs. Um, 
so we had this cow bumper which we were raising specifically to butcher and uh, in the fall so you'd fatten him up all year round and, and, and then he'd be butchered in the fall and we'd have a freezer full of meat and um, yeah, we were watching him follow my mother across the pasture and um, she had a basket full of eggs from the hen house and <laughs> he just wanted to play he was like you know they're grass puppies they're big dogs and uh, he bumped her in the butt and she fell down just in the grass no big deal and so she stood up again and just as she'd get to her feet he'd bump her in the butt again and she'd fall down with her basket of eggs this is terrible I still think this is funny but I do and he did this all the way across the pasture and me and my brother my little brother and my little sister and my dad all stood watching laughing so hard it's awful um but that's how he got his name actually he was pretty young then and so his name was Bumper and there were cows before him cows after him but we usually only had one cow and it was for butchering and we had goats for milking um geese peacocks ducks chickens uh coon hunting dogs um the outside dog cats ferrets rabbits i think that's everything anyway all that next year you know i'll through through winter um you know my mother would be cooking and she'd be like go get a pound of bumper from the freezer and that was like her little high got the last laugh <sighs> yeah it's harsh that's farm life um you know my dad would um the, in the middle of our farm we had this massive oak tree and it was called the hanging tree because that's where they had always hung uh deer and you know everything that they hunted to skin it and they had a smokehouse, which was my playhouse, but it hadn't been used as a smokehouse for many, many years. And uh, that's where they would smoke the meat. Um, so my dad still, you know, he, he would hang his kills up there. And we, my brother and sister and I would like look at the, you know, the gutted deer and move the legs. And look, you can see its tendon moving back and forth. And you know, just, uh, I don't know, kids' curiosity, like, oh, this is how this works. This is what the inside looks like, and that's, you know, what that is, and it's, it's weird. It's weird to think about them hunting raccoons and skinning them and how that probably went. My brother went, um, he asked me recently, how come you never went on any of those hunting trips? I'm like, oh, well, I'm sure my dad knew that I would not be down for that at all. I mean, it's it's odd to think like how much my dad loved animals, but he was also a hunter. And I don't know how exactly that works, but um I I couldn't have done it. And but I'd been deprogrammed by that point or programmed, I should say. Um to, you know, be a meat eater and you can play with it and name it and we're going to eat it. And that is some hardcore programming to uninstall. Um, but when I think about the love that I have for my dog and any dog I meet, cats, any cat I meet, like I'm just, I love animals so much from growing up on the farm. And I'm just wired that way anyway. I'm very empathetic. And. And I'm not a mother to a child, but I feel like 
I have that mother energy with all animals and many, many humans. <laughs> and um, it's, it's tough to know, like, okay, that was my early programming. And it's not something I agree with at all now. Um, but I didn't know any better then. And that's the family that I was born into. And I wouldn't change it. And I love them very much. And it was part of my path. Again, I think everything happens for a reason. Every challenge, an opportunity for growth. So it's all going the way it was supposed to go, I think, in the grand scheme of things. I think that this life is such a gift. I'm so grateful just to be here. Why not make the most of it? Regardless of where you come from or how you started out. It's up to you. You can create what you want this life to be. And I I think the vast majority of it is about love. And if raw food does nothing else, it opens your heart up to love so much more. You know, who knows what the bigger part of that path is? You know, is it is it the self-healing? Is that just a byproduct? Is that just us returning to our normal state? Um, is it love? Is it connection to every living thing, a stronger connection. I don't know. And I don't need to know. (laughs) But sometimes I wonder. It's so beautiful out here. Right now, all of these little puff balls are flying through the air, floating through the air. It looks like it's snowing as I sit here on this log and the birds are everywhere and it's just I'm just so grateful beautiful clouds I'm so happy to be back on my trail after my favorite trail after this year of bizarre (laughs) happenings it feels like so much longer than a year doesn't it the pandemic really really tested us in so many ways but I'm just grateful to be where I am right now and I'm glad that you're here wherever you are (laughs) you're also here and I'm glad that you took the time to listen to this and hopefully hopefully you felt the love and the encouragement and you now believe that you can be in the driver's seat in regards to your health and that you can heal yourself that's all I want I want everybody to know this you have an option you have a choice you can do it thank you